0: This is the ultimate baddie, Miss Layla Gray, and you're listening to the OVW Podcast. Get it, got it, good. Welcome to the OVW Podcast, the official podcast of Ohio Valley Wrestling. I am Spin the Wheel, Make the Deal, the Real Deal, Jackman Oaks. And
1: I am the Keymaster, Brian Hines.
0: Today we are getting into all the action from Ohio Valley Wrestling Television, number 1263, emanating live from historic Davis Arena, originally on October 26, 2023. But Brian... Been a touch-and-go week here at the podcast. We thought that we were going to have this episode out on, on Saturday. Unfortunately, that didn't work for us. It is Halloween weekend. I know this is one of your favorite times of the year. We, oh, haven't, yeah. we haven't got to catch up. How are you doing, buddy? I could not be better right now. I had a
1: very restful weekend. It was also very productive. And weeks and weeks and weeks, so many weeks of effort have finally paid off, and uh, I'm starting to see some results in some, some areas that I didn't uh, think would ever get here. How about you?
0: Well, Brian, you remember when we first started this podcast and I said, oh, this has probably been the worst two weeks in my life. Somehow it's only gotten worse. Um, oh, but no. <laughs> uh, that's okay. That's okay. That's not why we're here. That's not why we're here. I am in good spirits. It's been... It's just been... Sometimes our life always comes at you. Even though this is a, a, a marketing slogan originally, when it rains, it pours. That is something that's worked its way into our uh, lexicon it, here in America. And like sometimes when it rains, it pours, but eventually it dries up, baby. Um, it can't rain all the time. And it hasn't been raining around here at the podcast, no matter what our personal lives are like. It's actually been rolling. It's actually been sunshine, nothing but it, certified sunshine around here. That's right. Um, Within the last couple of weeks, we've done a lot of new interviews. Some of them have hit your feet already. Luke Curtis, Layla Gray, our most recent one, um, since we couldn't get you an episode out on Saturday morning, was with Amazing Maria. That has been personally my favorite interview that we've done.
1: Oh, yeah. It was so much fun.
0: And we've got two more um, in the can, so to speak, with Mr. TW3. That's correct. And Mr. Jay DeNiro.
1: Also correct. I loved both of these interviews, but they were dynamically different. Mm -hmm. And I learned something shocking in each of these. Yeah. For completely different reasons.
0: No, the 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 way that OVW portrays Jay De Niro, you don't really get a very a lot of insight on who he is or how he can speak. The guy was very, very, very intelligent. Oh yeah. Very, very, very well spoken. Uh came in very um understood what he was saying and how to say it like just a great great fucking interview tw3 um you see a little bit more of his personality on ovw television and somehow we even got more of him than we were expecting. Which I didn't even think was possible. Mm-hmm. And so those, those two interviews will be hitting your feed um, very, very shortly. We're not sure, I think right now, what order they're going to come out in, but they're both great. So stick around, listen for those. Go back if you've missed some of our old interviews. Every single person we've had through Freya, Slay, Freya the Slayer, Crixus luscious lawrence luscious lawrence amazing maria layla gray luke curtis jay denaro tw3 everyone has been so so good i didn't forget anybody right mm, i don't want to no. get heat i don't want to get heat no uh no everyone's been so great we've got more lined up that we're really looking forward to as well um but that has kind of been catching up on this past week of the ovw podcast the unofficial podcast of ohio valley wrestling up next we will be breaking down all the action from Ohio Valley Wrestling Television number 1263 right after this.
2: Hey folks, Tiny Brian here with you again to talk about, you guessed it, Bluegrass Homefront, Kentucky Music and Stories produced by yours truly and hosted by myself and my partner, Victor Anderson. We go all over the state. Uh, We meet all kinds of interesting people doing interesting work. We talk to... uh, we talked to somebody who works in the writing lab at Transylvania University. I believe I have mentioned that we talked to the lady making illegal cheese. You just got to look that one up, folks. It's it's priceless. Uh, we also talked to a couple of different tattoo artists, sort of uh, regionally known around Kentucky. Just great stuff, great music every week on the Bluegrass Homefront podcast. And uh, new episodes are coming soon when I... Uh, When I uh, mentioned it to Victor last week, he kind of gave me the slow nod. So I take that to mean that new episodes of Bluegrass Homefront Season 3 coming soon. So watch out. It's at bluegrasshomefront.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, back to
0: the LVW Podcast. My name is Jack, but Oaks, he's still
1: Brian Hines.
0: And we are still hosting this episode of Ohio Valley Wrestling Podcast, OVW Podcast, the unofficial podcast of Ohio Valley Wrestling. Um, big, big night. A lot of stipulation matches, a lot of gaga tonight on this episode of Ohio Valley Wrestling.
1: Yeah, it was almost like a continuation of No Rest for the Wicked.
0: Yeah, we earlier when we were talking um, off mic, we were kind of talking about how so many times Ohio Valley Wrestling's pay-per-views um, feel like one chapter shut, and then we're working back to Act 3 again. So yes. we uh, that Thursday after the pay-per-view will be Act 1. We're working back to Act 3, which would be the next pay-per-view, our once-a-month pay-per-view. We made the comparison. I can't remember if it was you or a producer that made the comparison. Is There was no Act 1 here. There was no, no restart. There was Act 3 again.
1: Yeah, on uh, No Rest for the Wicked, uh, we end on Act 3 and as if um, this Thursday's, this past Thursday's episode was like Act 3 Part 2. It was, uh, you know, smash mouth, heads up, Mm -hmm. ball all the way across, start to finish from the very first bell all the way to the shocking end of the episode. Yes. Uh, It was uh, a... It was the best episode of OVW I've ever seen, and maybe I'm a little biased because I'm a huge Halloween fan, Mm -hmm. Um, but this really delivered everything that I didn't get in No Rest for the Wicked, but more.
0: For me, an episode of OVW like this, it kind of rewires my brain because I always, especially here on the podcast, I want everyone to think that I am very smart and very intelligent. I've thought very a whole lot about all of this stuff and that I am an authority on this stuff. And uh, in some ways, I convince myself that that's the truth. And then I see a match or a, a night of matches like this where it's stipulation, 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 gaga, 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 And I have more fun watching this and then remind myself, like, no, you're just like every other dumb wrestling fan. Not dumb. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Malcolm I got that. You're just like every other wrestling fan. You just are there to be entertained. Like, I'm right. not trying to read World in Peace. I shouldn't be trying to read World in Peace watching an episode of OVW. I just want to have fun. It's been, I don't know maybe if you're going through the same thing, but watching OVW and watching wrestling so much more um, intently and like having to do this so much and like spending this part of our our lives together, like has it changed your relationship with the way you watch wrestling at all? Because I think it's changed changed mine a little bit. It definitely has. I mean,
1: for 47 years or I guess 40 years, I didn't watch it, you know, when I was you know, an infant, but, um, for 40 or so years, I watched strictly as a fan Mm -hmm. and for the sole purpose of being entertained. And for 40 years, uh, more often than not, every once in a while you get bored with stuff and you, you know, leave and do something else and you come back to it. Um, it's not disappointed. And, uh, now it's, uh, a little bit different because I'll watch Uh, the OVW episodes on Thursday as a fan because I'm excited to see what happens Mm. next it's like it's been a week and I really need more OVW content so I'll watch on Thursday purely for entertainment and then I'll go back and watch it closer to when uh, we get into the studio and uh, I'll kind of I'll study it and make some notes and think about uh, things that I see that I didn't see the first time and things that maybe you'll you'll pick up on. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's definitely uh, been an experience as far as uh, um, being a consumer of video wrestling programming, as far as I'm concerned. What about you?
0: I have very similar, very similar, honestly, is OVW was kind of my escape from watching the two big guys because I, while I was invested and like I wanted certain outcomes, I wasn't as week to week. Like I've, I've cried at Cody Rhodes matches before. I've never cried at an OVW match yet. Yet. Um, like I, I was, I was invested maybe to a, a negative degree in some of the things that were happening in the bigger companies. So, um, Getting to watch OVW, where I didn't necessarily have that same amount of investment, was like a breather. It was like a vacation. Now having to watch it so critically every week, um, it's not like I don't still have fun or not still that I think that it's like such a great product. But it has taken some of that breather. It be, Me being so used to it, at looking at it as a breather, it's taken that off of it. This episode, though, restored that for me, I guess, is that what I'm trying to say throughout the course of this conversation is... For the first time in a while, maybe the first time since we've started this podcast, I just got to watch OVW with a smile on my face the whole fucking time. Instead of saying, "Well, why is this single like this?" or well, "How am I going to talk like this?" I just actually had fun.
1: Yeah, I when I watched this, uh, it, I had a, a great time watching, and this is probably the best uh, episode of OVW I, I yes. think I've ever seen. And Thursday, I watched it as a fan, and uh, even though I wanted to go back and uh, watch this more critically, um, I, and I did start that. I've I've got some notes for the first couple of matches. I found myself going back and watching it from a stand, a fan standpoint again, because this time I knew where some things were were going to be. And I waited in anticipation to see them.
0: It's very rare to watch a episode of Weekly Wrestling that you w- would rewatch.
1: Yes, ordinarily like insta- I I don't go back and watch like a a regular weekly episode more than once. But this one,
0: yeah. you know, was the exception. I might want to see. I might want to see something happen again. I might want to see a spot happen again, or watch a certain you know certain uh, line in a promo again, or something like that. But very rarely would I ever just like. Yeah, it just ended. Shit, just turn it on again. Yeah, I'll watch the whole thing right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's what this that's this this episode. If you haven't seen it yet, if the only way you're available or um, aware of Ohio Valley Wrestling programming is through this podcast, this one, let this one be your first one. Let this one be your last one. Shit, just make sure you watch this episode because it was amazing the entire time. It started off with a non-title match between Cal Hero and recently crowned Rush Division champion Adam Revolver. He, of course, won against Cal Hero at no rest for the Wicked. One of the things throughout this entire night is, and you were watching WCW ninety two ninety three, so I know you were happy to see the wheel back. Yes. Um, but if you guys remember the old spin the wheel, make the deal gimmick, um, every match had a gimmick. You did not know what the gimmick was going to be until uh, the competitors were in the ring. This one started off with a strap match. Something that the uh, commentary team touched on was I can't wait to see the red welts that Cal Hero leaves on Adam Revolver's back with that strap. After our conversation about Adam Revolver looking like a giant milky thumb last week. <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. I was so ready when I found out it was a strap match, I was so ready to see him get beat like a rented mule.
1: Yeah, I it just uh, like, hanging out with popcorn, waiting mm-hmm. to, to see the uh, the lines appear.
0: And as far as... A, so, uh, in this particular strap match, it was a four-corner strap, which means the winner had to touch every corner of the match to end the... Ma- or every corner of the ring to end the match. Consecutively. Consecutively, yeah. yes. Once once it, the other person hit one, even if you were at three, it starts. your count starts over. Right? Correct,
1: yeah. Which is... Crucial that is the the key word in this is consecutive
0: great ring awareness here from Cal Hero yes um, great honestly here's what I want Cal hero I honestly, I've been thinking about this for a while but here's what I want out of Cal hero more than anything. I want you to come out and in the in the uh, old dusty roads early fed polka dots because you're the only guy who can pull this off. everything you do is dusty roads you're you're great in a strap match you're so like such just like a over overzealous selling baby face I love it I love it you reverse the pressure on a figure four and I've complained in the past about spots that I think are dumb I do think that's a dumb spot but no spot pops me more than a reverse pressure figure four Cal Hero does it he's hitting the flip-flop and fly elbows just come out in in WWF style, Dusty Rhodes, American Dream polka dots, make my, I, I'm surprised it being a Halloween episode that Cal Hero was not wearing that Oh,
1: outfit. that would have been a great costume choice.
0: But as, as far as someone in a strap match, um, and just kind of like an old school stipulation match in general, uh, and so much of this rivalry between Cal Hero and Adam Revolver, and you're the baby like Cal Hero is, who better to take inspiration from the Dusty Rhodes?
1: I can't think of anybody better
0: than that. I, I like just kind of Cal's transformation into a very spelt dusty roads is like one of my favorite things that's <laughs> going on in in uh, in OVW right now. So I'm just saying let's make the transformation complete. Let's get the that polka dot going. and like, let's let it go. The uh, Cal Hero ends up winning the match. Um, Just because he is so damn smart and is so aware of of, uh, the ring and is so aware of what a stipulation like a strap match means. Um, Unfortunately, it's a non-title match. Adam uh, Revolvers still the champion. And Adam Revolver doesn't like losing.
1: No, he doesn't. And even though Cal Hero came out on uh, the good end of the bell on this one, he paid the price at the end of it. Literally being hanged by Adam Revolver. And it had very, very... Heavy shades of Ricky the Dragon Steamboat Mm -hmm. being hung by Magnificent Morocco and the devious one, Mr. Fuji. Unfortunately for Cal, there was no Tito Santana and Junkyard Dog on the way to uh, jump in and save the day, but uh, ultimately he ended up with the same fate as uh, Ricky Steamboat. I'm actually so
0: glad you brought that up because... Uh, I saw that,
1: that as soon yeah, as I watched that. That episode. is so one like, of ah.
0: the, our early episodes too. You had mentioned this being this point of wrestling for you. Well, yeah. Oh my God! I thought Steamboat was dying to re, to see it kind of getting played out. Um, and Cal sold it like amazingly. Like I I knew what was happening as soon as I saw it get put around his neck and he gets thrown over the rope. I didn't even necess- have to see the rest of the sequence play out to know exactly how I was going to feel about it. Yeah, but Like, Cal Hero is just... He's quite the specimen. Yeah. To get, and, and for to get put in the same... Uh, put in the same sentence as Steamboat for a lot of the same reasons as Steamboat, like, that's rarefied air.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, that... It it sucks for hero to mm-hmm. have that happen after the match, but to see that play out uh, for just for a second, I was eight years old again. Yeah, so I I really appreciated that. It and, was
0: uh, it was a tremendous piece of it was a great shot. They shot it perfectly. He sold it perfectly. It was timed perfectly. Tremendous piece of storytelling from Ohio Valley Wrestling this week.
1: Yeah, um, and when I say that there was no Tito Santana and Junkyard Dog, I meant I meant that there were no other wrestlers who came out to help him and advance a future mm-hmm. story I mean the security was out there Amazing Maria was out there they were able to break it up because Adam Revolver was unhinged as he has been over the course of the last month but uh, that's not to discount the ed- the efforts of the security team and uh, the backstage crew for uh, helping Cal Hero get out of that situation, so nice job, folks.
0: And here I was complaining just last week about having to see another Adam Revolver and Cal Hero match, and guess what? I'm right back on. This is the
1: best one of them, <laughs> just uh, so far.
0: Just in a, in 15 seconds, I'm right back there. A lot of non-title bouts tonight. Our second bout of the night was also a non-title bout. Um, it was a. After we spun the wheel and made the deal, after we figured out what the stipulation was going to be, it was a title bout between Tiffany Nieves. She was, of course, joined by her fellow bad girl, Jada Spark, against Hollywood Haley J. This is the first time that they've been able to um, lock horns, so to speak, since the shocking title mm -hmm. loss a couple weeks ago. Right, right, when uh, Tiffany... Managed to convince the referee, Eddie Guerrero, a la Eddie Guerrero, that uh, Haley had struck uh, multiple people with with the sock of rocks. Um, Loved Tiffany Nieves and Jada Sparks' entrance here.
1: Oh, it was great. That's classic. I mean, Mm -hmm. dressing up as your opponent... To get into their head, to get into Hollywood Haley J's head was a brilliant strategy on her part, especially for how how much heat she has after uh, basically stealing that title. Yeah. Yeah. So well done. Very, very well done.
0: Well, and it's not even the first time we've seen a heel come out dressed as the baby in our coverage of OVW. And that was like back in the middle of like August when that happened. It's a little more seasonally appropriate here, but it popped ups both times so like yeah <laughs> i have a feeling that you know that might just be one of the uh, hooks in our proverbial mouths is just like yeah we really like it when you guys dress like each other yeah, go no go ahead dress like each other i'll take each other's finishers we don't care we love that stuff um there was uh jada went backstage to get the sock of rocks um of course, as a good friend does, an accomplice does, Haley ends up taking the loss here. It was a non-title match, so even if, much like in the first match where Cal Hero was able to win, they wouldn't have regained their uh, championship belt. In this case, it would have been Haley not being able to regain her championship belt against Tiffany Nieves.
1: Sadly, no, but it was a great match and a great addition to this week's episode.
0: All right, you ready to hit the big red button? Because I'm saying it right now. Match of the week right here. Nine man rush division elimination match. That was like an everything but the kitchen sink match. It was tables, ladders, chairs, incredible. sinks. Incredible. It yes. was absolutely incredible. Moved a million miles a minute. No breathing room. No, no, uh, uh, all killer, no filler. Yeah. Like the only thing that I kind of wanted in this match, and we saw him later in the night. And he won a big multi-man match uh, at the pay-per-view Norris for the Wicked over the weekend. The only thing I wanted in this match was Donovan Cecil.
1: <laughs>
0: my new, my new best friend Manny. Uh, my, new, my I'm sorry, my new best friend Maximo Suave looked great in it. Manny Domingo looked great in it, for that matter, too. They did. Um, fucking Blanco Loco, like, got booked like he was uh, uh, Darth Vader. Like, he, <laughs> he 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 made the most eliminations throughout the night. He looked strong as shit. Like, I hadn't seen, especially since he's come back, I hadn't seen him being portrayed like that. And it instantly reminded me, like, oh, that effing guy. Like, that guy is a guy right there. And now he's not in the mask anymore, and he just looks so serious, and his body's so cut. And then he goes in here, and he gets, like, six eliminations in a row. Like, Blanco Loco... Big coming out party for him. That's a a phrase we've been using a lot recently, especially as we cover these multi-man matches, but like, just loved his performance. Thought Maximo was great. Thought Manny Domingo was great. Um, Dimes is always so much fun to watch. The biggest man in the match. The biggest man in the match. But I kind of wanted to see Donovan Cecil and a bunch of small guys. <laughs> I don't know. That's my own. It might have not served any sort of story other than my like WWE 2K like Royal Rumble match simulator, where I have Donovan yeah. Cecil in the ext Divi- or Rush division. But I just wanted to see him throw around every single guy in that that ring. Mm-hmm. I, that's all I wanted. That's we wanted. we
1: pretty well did the week before, and I would not. Yeah, have been I wanted to surprised. see it again, though. You wanted to see part two. <laughs> I wanted two. to
0: see it again. Yeah, I just a big fan of Donovan Cecil, and he just he he does so. It clicked when we saw him live. This is a real strength of his is these big multi man matches. Yeah, sometimes they can be a little uh, crowded, a little cluster He really does have kind of a um, a certain strength to like. Put these matches on make sure that they're timed well make sure that they that they're going well and then he always looks like a million bucks while it's happening
1: he would have been a great addition to this match i mean based on how how well uh, he did in the match uh, on no rest for the wicked this could have been uh, mammoth two electric boogaloo just another uh, chapter in donovan cecil versus the world as far as a, a match like that goes and it I'm sure it'll happen again. It would have been nice if we saw it this week. Uh, We didn't, unfortunately, but we did manage to see Donovan Cecil and I was not disappointed with that match at all.
0: He's actually in our next match. One thing I wanted to cover before we moved on to that match was, um, did you think there kind of at the end that it might have been some, we could have put it on, Maximo could have won this? Do you think that TW3 do you think that he was necessarily like elevated at, to a much higher level than he already is at by winning a match like this, or do you think that someone like Maximo being the last person in the ring do you think that t w three wouldn't have fallen by losing, but Maximo would have had a lot to gain
1: Well, I mean, sure Maximo would have had a lot to gain if he's if, my new best friend, yes, so I just have to ask what's that maximo um it would have been great to see, see you him, on man. friday buddy um I'm sure we will at some point, but uh, I mean, congrats go out to TW3 on on his win on uh, the Halloween episode. Yeah,
0: not trying to take away from TW3. At oh all. no, no, the, um, I get what you're saying. But if it, it was exciting to see kind of a returning face, or to a lot of people, a new face in Maximo be the next man, or the last next to last man, I for a semi second. Thought that he would would pull out the victory and maybe even, um, I guess, just found myself wondering why he wasn't able to get there afterward. We mentioned a little bit about this in that last segment. Up next, Ryan Von Rocket with Crystal and Katie versus Donovan Cecil. The mammoth. The mammoth, the strongest man in Kentucky. One of our favorite performers uh, on any roster, anywhere on God's green earth. Um, Mm. A lot of fun, a lot of, like, kind of, uh, especially at the beginning, like, a lot of word of the night here, Gaga, Crystal and Katie play rock and roll instead of rock, paper, scissors to decide <laughs> who's going to be joining uh, Ryan Von Rocket after the wheel is spun and it's revealed that it's an intergender tag match. Or did uh, they They go over this? Was it a mixed tag match or an intergender tag match? I'm going to say it's a mixed tag, right? And the the announcers went over this too inner gender tag would be that male, men and women can wrestle each other mixed tag would be that anytime the tag is made to the opposite uh it defaults partner i'm going to use that word instead of the some of the other words uh, anytime that yeah it defaults to the person that is coordinating with your thing yeah <laughs> i'm going to l- Leave it there because uh, I am I I don't honestly possess the vocabulary to put it in the nuanced way I wish I could. Um, but uh, what a perfect pairing here, Donovan Cecil and Freya the Flea.
1: Okay, first off, I I knew that there were going to be wild cards and curveballs throughout the whole entire night, but I didn't see this coming.
0: No, I did not either.
1: But with that being said, uh, I'm not surprised for... Ryan von Rocket to get something like that but I was surprised to see Donovan Cecil and uh I mean Ryan asks what woman would join you and here she is and the I couldn't only think of woman a woman that could right <laughs> yeah the only woman that could yeah. and they did a great job mm-hmm. I don't know if they've ever wrestled each other or if they've you know, done a tag team or anything. I haven't seen anything on television, but mm-hmm. if I didn't know one way or the other, I would say that they had, and they worked really well together as a unit.
0: The, yeah. And just like the, the visual of the two of them standing beside each other was so much fun to see. Like just two people, just specimens, yeah. physical specimens. If they just were like,
1: to be a, uh, a mixed tag team, I think they should go with like yes. Ice Age or something. If
0: this is something that they That's ever wanted to run with, they ever wanted to do, you know, angles with TV, pay per view, YouTube content, whatever that they wanted to do with it, first person you book and you let them beat everybody is Cecil and Slaya. Yeah. Um, I really, ha- after putting how much we liked them over, one of the things that I also really appreciate about this match was um, Crystal's presentation. She uh, didn't wear boots, didn't wear ring gear. It really, the way that they presented it really did appear as if she had no idea she was going to be wrestling that night. Um, I just thought that that was like a really nice touch because it would have been such a dead giveaway. I always hate it when I'm watching wrestling. and, And if you want to fight right now, we can take care of that after the break. And it's like, you're already in your gear and everything. I knew when you walked through that you were going to be fighting. If there was that kind of um, visual note that crystal would have been fighting that night, everyone would have picked up on it. Right. Yeah. Um, but we didn't have any of that. I think that was just like really very nuanced, but very smart for a um, whether it was a conscious decision or not. I don't know. I'm not there. Don't do the booking. But seeing it on television, it served the story more than um, more than I can really put into words, to be honest with you. Um, of course, Donovan Cecil for a slay a win.
1: Well, yeah.
0: If I'm only if, if I'm if I could complain about anything, it's that I do wanna see a legit one on one Donovan Cecil and Ryan von Rocket match.
1: Yeah, which is what I was hoping yeah, to yeah. see and expecting to see, but I that loved, wasn't the case. I loved
0: what I saw, had no complaints about what I saw, but was strangely more excited by the concept of a non-stipulation match at a stipulation-only night. Yeah. Um,
1: I couldn't agree more.
0: Superior Tony Evans enters with Jay De Niro after the end of that mixed tag match. Um, this guy can spin a yarn, can he? <laughs> yeah.
1: He, he's definitely good on the mic
0: yeah uh, Tony Evans talks too much Jay De Niro doesn't talk enough unless he's uh sitting here at our podcast table that interview will be in your feed in a few weeks um I I I, I to be honest maybe this makes me a bad fan I don't watch a lot of the talking segments on OVW um I do watch almost all of the backstage segments because in my experience I feel like they serve the story a little bit more and then I love when they do like the off-campus shoots that we've talked about in the past even they did one of those recently with the Bad Girls Club and Haley and Freya um, love to watch those but most of the time if it's entering promos I can kind of skip it and not really miss anything even this week I noticed that Tony Evans promo was so damn long I kept hitting that fast forward button Until my thumb fell off. Uh, (laughs) Tony brags the entire time uh, that he is the country boy Kentucky heavyweight champion. He's been the only true Kentucky country boy heavyweight champion. He has the belt around his waist. He calls out the entire locker room. Who is to appear but a battered star rider? He, of course, was in the giant multi-man tables, ladders, and chairs match that we uh, saw earlier in the night. He comes out. Not with a belt around his waist, but with uh, uh, bandages around his waist, um, and he challenges uh, he challenges Superior Tony Evans to. Uh, we're we're not out of the woods, as I like to say, on that storyline between Star Rider and Tony Evans.
1: No, we certainly aren't. And good for Star Rider for showing up and rising to the occasion. I mean, before before I get into that. Um, i love tony evans's promos i find them very entertaining because right now in ovw he is the guy that i love to root against when he comes out and tells everybody to hush and i love the dynamic of him being uh very loud and domineering and jay de niro being uh equally as intimidating without saying a word Mm -hmm. um so i i get a big kick out of the hush promos and i'm going to have to go out and uh, call a spade a spade and say, Vic, that's your fault. I mean, at first I was like... Our senior producer, Vic. Yeah, our senior producer, Victor uh, Anderson. So I would like to uh, mention him and and say that he was the one who got me into uh, watching the Tony Evans promos because he loves them so very much. But I was really... um, before I get into anything else, I want mm-hmm. to make mention of this, if I didn't go back and uh, mention it during our talk about the uh, pay-per-view. That coast-to-coast coast from Superior Tony Evans yeah, was that no that was quite the spot, joke. was it not? That was we was quite were the spot. Second row on the corner right behind Star Rider, who was laying crumpled in the corner of the ring, and we saw him go up to the top rope on the opposite side and... Looked at each other and said, you've got to be shitting me. He's not going to hit a coast to coast.
0: I'm not crazy. We did not get to cover the pay-per-view in full on this podcast feed, right?
1: Well, I mean, I can say I
0: mean, there's, Epi- there's a Tiny whole Brian. episode about it about so. the pay per view.
2: Yeah, that was episode twelve in the feed. Now,
0: okay, sorry, I, I yeah, I, I, I thought that. So the one that I missed uh, to, to to open up the vat a little bit, I missed recording this past. We want to get you guys these episodes out on Saturday. We're not getting it to you until Tuesday morning. I was sick. In my mind, just because the last few weeks have been so crazy for me we did not cover that pay-per-view but you are telling me with a beyond the shadow of a doubt that no rest for the wicked is covered in this very feed right now
2: 7 days ago from this very day we recorded it and 7 days ago from the day this episode comes out we released it yeah
0: and it I, totally exists okay. it's
1: like uh that jd movie with um uh, sinbad in it um
0: yeah, uh, shit, what's that called? I, loved, I it, loved that was movie vain. growing up. It I was lo- Kazam. Yeah, I loved that movie growing up, only to be told that apparently it doesn't exist or something. I don't know what people are talking about. Um, no, I just wanted to kind of do some bookkeeping there. In my mind, we hadn't covered the pay-per-view. I don't know, I don't know. But I felt like after the fact, there were things that I
1: went back and remembered and thought, oh, I really wanted to say something about that. And this was one of those things. If I didn't mention it before, that Coast to Coast from Tony Evans was, Probably the most brutal highlight of the night. So hats off to you, dude, because that was pretty impressive. Watching you fly across the ring towards us, knowing that Star Rider in the ring was just about to get it, uh, was really, really impressive.
0: Were you surprised to see um, Star Rider come out and make another um, advancement in the storyline between him and Tony Evans?
1: I mean, on one hand, I was because he had already had a match, but then on the other hand, I wasn't because uh, he had unfinished business from No Rest for the Wicked. So with that being said, if I had unfinished business with something, I would get out there and I would try to take care of things to uh, my satisfaction.
0: So I, I was and I wasn't in that regard. Star Rider does know, however, after he's faced uh, Tony Evans once now, how important Jay DeNiro is to Tony Evans' business plan. So he thought ahead and brought his own Jay DeNiro in the form of Manny Domingo, dressed like Jay DeNiro, <laughs> 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 which is the, one of the best. I like, there's some things that are wrestling funny, and there's some things that are legitimately funny. Manny Domingo dressed as Jay De Niro is legitimately funny. That may have been the best costume him puff, of the night. Like, puffing up his shoulders like a, a cockfighting rooster. Yeah, like it was, it was so funny. strutting
1: around like he owns the place.
0: Yeah,
2: I also understand while in that costume he, that uh, Manny Domingo was known as Peso.
0: Manny Peso, baby. <laughs> hey, hey, run with that. That's a hard-ass name for real. Run with that. Like you can have that Manny. You can have that one for free. Manny Peso. You know, especially, like, if in the next few weeks you find a new tag team partner and you guys, like, have, like, a thing going on where maybe you, um, you know, some of your personalities change a little bit, maybe you could run with that. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Hey, quote, it could be. I to quote know. somebody else, I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so... We'll see Tony more of Tony and Star Rider down the road. Not that we're not out of the woods yet. Um, really kind of to put a cap on that. Love Star Rider getting this opportunity as he has over the past few weeks to cut promos with on a live mic and really be the baby face that um, that he's been viewed at for so long or viewed viewed as for so long. Just uh, really exciting to get to see him open up more parts of his ability and his uh, show more parts of himself. Um, on OVW television, uh, we had a big. Who won that match, by the way? Uh, the Evans or Evans or Star Rider. It was not a match. It was just a promo segment.
2: Oh, they didn't. I thought they were actually. Thought they actually fought. I thought he called no, up uh, the
0: Star. They. I believe they'll be fighting next week. Star Rider had just and Manny Domingo had just competed in that uh, big. Uh, clusterfuck of a match, the nine-man Rush sure. Division elimination yeah, match. The nine-man Hollywood Square yeah. Scramble, and then the <laughs> match directly prior to that was Donovan Cecil and Ryan Von Rocket. Uh, Donovan, of course, with Frey the Slayer. Ryan Von Rocket with Cristal.
2: Also, oh, I guess that was just sort of an old-fashioned WCW. We're not going to do anything. We're just going to come out and yell at each other for ten minutes.
0: Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Fun. yep Yep. Good. Yep.
1: So, so I'll shut up. You guys get. To the we're end we're end of looking it. forward to uh, the next chapter of uh, Superior Star Tony Evans.
0: When we had not talked about this episode earlier, it really did seem, and OVW has done this not once, not twice, but a handful of times in the time that we've been covering it, um, where they really are putting on pay-per-view caliber episodes for free on Fight TV. On a Thursday night. And this was definitely. This one was of them. definitely it. If I had complaints about No Rest for the Wicked, it was that some, maybe there was a couple matches I would have changed with other matches. Maybe some of the matches went a little long. When they're fit into this two-hour television format, everything is so perfectly calibrated. Yes. And has been for a long time. Definitely has been for the last few weeks. But tonight was just like this was pay-per-view level storytelling better than I've seen OVW do in a while, better than I've seen some of the big guys do in a while. Like, this is really, really an impressive episode. And we only got five matches out of the whole thing? Yeah, but,
1: uh, I mean, it was enthralling Mm -hmm. in uh, a lot of ways, especially the final match. For it being a Halloween match and you've got The Fallen, versus the biggest heroes in the company you can't mm-hmm. come up with a bigger like clash of the titans storyline and a lot of people have like you know talked about the fallen having fallen short
0: a lot of people you mean Jack Minoaks, host of the Ohio Valley Wrestling Podcast, I, I w- the unofficial w- podcast of OVW. I
1: wasn't going to come out and say it, but now that we're on the subject, I'm not saying, but I'm just saying. And you can't see me, but I am actually pointing at you as I'm talking to let you know that you were the one I was talking about. But I digress.
0: It's funny that you mentioned that <laughs> because as I was watching this match, I said, uh, fuck Fuck, Brian's gonna have a big spoon of humble pie for me. <laughs> <laughs> and right afterwards, what did I text you? I texted
1: you. I was like, "Dude, we kind of called it."
0: Yeah, you said you said without telling me what actually happened, which didn't, I didn't. You didn't tell me what the main event was. All you said is that, "Hey, we had an, we had been talking about Beaches and Cream are going to turn heel. What ends up happening? They after recently beating Mahab or losing to Mahabali Shira." and uh, cash flow in the nightmare cup tournament after recently teaming with cash flow in the uh, big one tables ladders and chairs match being a part of team OVW yeah something has happened and I don't know if it's malcontent in their personal lives it doesn't seem to be something that they've we we assumed they were going to turn on each other
1: yeah, I I kind of figured that
0: was We never the case. assumed they were going to turn on OV essentially turn on the promotion. Yeah. Like they didn't turn no, the way that, that these was, guys have been portrayed. They didn't turn on a friend. They turned on the audience and the t- the camera guy and <laughs> they turned on the promotion.
1: That was
0: It was great. Made, it was it beautiful. Yeah, it was.
1: <laughs> I'm trying it to to collect beautiful. the the words to describe how I felt about that. I mean, first of all, this was a great match. It was yeah. a great 3 on 3 match. Yes. Uh, yes. the fact that it was a Halloween match with the fallen Can't
0: get any more Halloween than the fallen in a 6 man with a, a, a casket stipulation. Yeah. Can't get you, any more you Halloween. You can't than get
1: that. any more Halloween than that. So, I was thrilled to see that. Uh The match itself was great. It was very strong. Went back and forth. You know, a couple of close calls where somebody gets rolled into the casket, and do they are they able to shut the lid? No, no, they're saved by their teammate. I did.
0: uh, I did kind of love the um, (laughs) referees, whose job it was to reopen the casket for the spot, the next spot, (laughs) because every time someone would get in it, and the casket would like maybe get halfway closed eventually the 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 action would spill away from the casket and they would hit the wide hard camera shot and you would just see the referees open the casket again to prepare it for the next spot um somehow that wasn't the most uh, uh reality breaking thing that I saw during this match and by the way there's like at least 3 guys in this match that are possessed by demons from hell and it still wasn't the most reality breaking thing that I saw we had I've complained about this spot in the in the past. This is like patented Tony Evans spot, uh, or I'm sorry, pa- Tony Gunn spot. Tony Gunn loves this spot. He does it in every single match, and it's over his fuck every single time he does it. And I might have even gotten caught chanting to ten a couple of times at the OVW <laughs> arena, but there is a spot where Mahabali Shira, Cash Flow, and Tony Gunn have the fallen uh, in the in three of the four corners and hit the one two. Fucking dumbest spot ever. Crowd loved it though. They sure did. Crowd loved it though. So, for what do me, I know? So, what do I know? I don't for know me, nothing. I like host that. a podcast for Malachi to listen to.
1: Something like that is akin to uh, going to see Iron Maiden and getting like the triple guitar solo attack. <laughs> <laughs> For uh, a, let's see, like Run to the Hills or yeah. Number of the Beast would be fitting for this analogy.
0: One of do. my all-time favorite live bands was a band called Diarrhea Planet, and it had like seven <laughs> it had like what? seven people in it, and the at the end they all were playing the same guitar solo together. That's how the show ended, and it was the most overkill thing of all time. But I loved it every single time I got to see. It. They they would end a song called Ghost with a Boner playing the same guitar solo seven times like with at the same time with seven different guitars
1: I don't know what you just said little kid but I believe you got, you're gonna have to send me a, a link to that I will diary wow. Plant. they
0: got back together last year I didn't get the chance to go to Nashville and see them would have loved to go down there and seen one of uh, diary Plant's last shows but like seriously great just like unabashed <laughs> guitar rock like this kind of guitar rock that is so unpretentious that like they don't even make anymore. Like free plug for Diarrhea Planet, the band that broke up and is no longer making any money together. Free plug for those guys. Love you guys. Seriously. Would that be a butt plug? Um, they, they, there's, there's a no. The um, the diarrhea is actually uh, it's the uh, it's when it comes out of your butt too quick, Brian. <laughs> yeah, but yes. What?
2: Let's analyze the name <laughs> of the band.
0: Yes. That, moving that's, on. Moving on. <laughs> I think they were on Asthmatic Kitty. If you I can go on. I can go on. I <laughs> no, I think it was Atomic Peace. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, let's... Fuck it. All right. Cashflow, Malabali Shira, Tony Gun. they get turned on by uh, Beaches and Cream, Wet Dream Tag Team, your mom's now least favorite tag team now that they're heels. Or maybe still... Her fame just depends, depending on what pins yeah. what your mom to pins how spicy mama's feeling. <laughs> um, loved the spot though. I there's so many spots that I hadn't seen. I thought I'd seen so many stipulation spots. There's so many spots that I hadn't seen tonight. Um, loved in the first match, Cal Hero getting hogtied by Adam Revolver and put in the figure four. Loved in this match, Mahabali Shira and uh, Tony Gunn being drug under the uh, ring to have their arms tied together, loved in both of those matches how those spots informed the rest of the match and how the match was completed. Um, But what none of us saw happening is like what we just said. Omar Amir and Luscious Lawrence, Luscious for the second time by my count uh, since he's been on OVW and Omar for the first time by my count since he's been at OVW are heels now.
1: Well, m- let me ask you this, since we're on the subject. I was shocked. I was legitimately shocked yeah. by this. Not quite as shocked as I was some, some other things, like you know something I learned about TW three that uh, you'll just have you to can uh, find watch on this feed. very podcast yeah. feed. But uh, I was shocked by the fact that they came out and then they turned on our heroes. Mm-hmm. I mean, we already kind of. Like you could almost kind of smell blood in the water, like somebody yeah. was going to turn on yeah. somebody, but you didn't know who. And then after uh, the triumph of Shira and Cash Flow at the uh, Nightmare Cup last week almost kind of went away but that scent of blood still kind of lingered and
0: it went away I, to us it, it obviously didn't go away to Omar it and went Lawrence. away to me to it didn't, for sure it def, def, definitely somebody two people were still smelling blood and it was Omar and, and Lawrence
1: so my question to you is this can you think of a more shocking heel turn than that or something equally as shocking to you that you have watched over the years and like oh my god because there aren't a whole lot
0: it, for me. I mean, the big—if we're going just like historical reference—obviously is is Hogan Macho Man NWO. Oh yeah. Um, I, I was
2: actually Brian here in the tiny Brian here in the control booth. I was actually watching uh, Natro when that—that that he you know Hogan was coming to save us, and then nope, it's worse.
0: Yep. Um, for me personally. Uh, Jericho, Cody Rhodes, um, I want to say maybe the first revolution, um, first full gear, I can't remember the exact name of the pay-per-view. You could smell much, very similar to this, you could smell something was going on between Cody Rhodes and MJF, but you didn't know exactly what it was. Um, Cody had made the stipulation that if he lost against Jericho for the AEW world title, he would never challenge for the AEW world title ever again. That's right. Kind of looking advancing the story four years smart on cody rhodes part because he did he probably didn't even plan on being there in four years time but, <laughs> jokes on you but dude. when <laughs> cody was my guy cody was my guy at the time i had blonde hair and it's not a joke i'm a grown man who was dying his hair blonde because a wrestler dyed his hair blonde like, I loved Cody Rhodes. I cried to Cody Rhodes matches. I cried to Cody Rhodes promos. I cried to Cody Rhodes segments. When MJF threw in the towel against Jericho to um, as Cody Rhodes ring man to end that match, knowing that Cody was never going to be able to challenge for that championship that at the time I was convinced was the championship that was going to save wrestling, that is probably the closest thing I've ever felt to Luscious and Omar, and Luscious and Omar was significantly more shocking. <laughs> it was. And I just went on a seven-minute diatribe about Cody Rhodes. <laughs> so
2: I may have actually screamed loud enough that the neighbors were concerned. W- I did when n- I was watching live, and and this week you were out this. Yes, this moment. Yeah. When when yeah Lawrence and and Omar. Fl- I was, it is a heel time! For I, me, yeah.
1: it was as big a shock as Mr. Wonderful turning on Hulk Hogan back in the day,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I was...
0: Just, Paul, Paul Orndorff. Yeah. yeah.
1: Mr. Wonderful Paul one, Orndorff. One of the
0: all-time under un, unsung heroes of that era, for sure. Yeah. I mean, gee whiz. I, one of those guys, I didn't understand 80s wrestling for so long until I started watching guys like Morocco and Orndorff. Yeah, I was just thought, oh, they're just—it's boring, it's slow-paced, and it's like, oh no, there were guys who were legitimately amazing. They just weren't being pushed by Vince McMahon, like yeah, yeah. No, uh, Orndorff is a under underrated talent, underrated talent. Um, we had a big uh, three missed eye spot. I never have we seen The Fallen use the mist before. Is this new for them? Uh,
1: I don't think I have seen seen them use the mist before, but it's, so it's possible they have. But it's, it's, uh, it seems like it's fairly common nowadays.
0: With a WCW themed oh. night, if we didn't have at least one mist spot, it would have been a, a missed opportunity. A, uh, there, thank you, sir. Thank there you, sir. All right. That's, that's as good as it's going to get. The <laughs> Ohio Valley Wrestling <laughs> Podcast, the unofficial podcast of Ohio Valley Wrestling, is produced by Blacklight Moon Productions at Nuthouse Studios in Lexington, Kentucky. The Ohio Valley Wrestling Podcast broadcast team is me, Jack Minokes, and my co host, Brian Hines. Our studio engineer and editor is Malachi Woodard. Executive producer is Tiny Brian K. Woodard. Hey, I do have a mic. And not here, but in our hearts, is senior producer for The Blimp, Victor Anderson. After watching Wrestlers on Netflix, visit ovwpodcast.com slash podcasters to find all of our episodes of the unofficial Wrestlers After Show. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from, rate us five stars, and give us a review. I hate saying that because I'm just another straight white guy on the internet asking for reviews, but it, it it means the world for us and to us and to our content.
1: Please, sir, may I? Have some more.
0: You can follow us at OVW Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, X, TikTok, um Old Dusty Trail, etc. etc. Love you guys. Thanks again. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Wear reflectors. Everybody. Check your apples. Uh, make sure you don't eat any candy that has been I opened. Will,
1: I will be available for candy screening tomorrow night and throughout the rest of the week. So if
2: you have extra candy, you are more than welcome to stop by and I will help you out with that.